Welcome to Activate Church Podcast and thanks for listening. We hope this message helps you and we pray that God speaks to you through this week's message. Who made any New Year's resolutions? Wow, that is amazing. Probably because some of you all have done that before and you're like, I never stick with it anyway. Don't have one, can't fail, right? So yeah, okay, there you go. So, so hey, you know what? I find that even though it's on a New Year's resolution, to be honest, um, I often find that the beginning of the year or the end of the year, for me personally, is a great time of reflection. I think about what I'm going to do uh, next year. And to be honest, I don't always make it a New Year's resolution, but I often think, hey, what would I like to do more this year that I didn't do as much of last year? Like, for example, I don't know if anybody would fit into this category, but it is post-Christmas eating season. So I don't know if anybody's decided that you want to lose a little bit of weight in the new year. All right, well, that's my goal. So I, that for me, personally, I said I would like to get a little bit fitter. I would like to get a little bit healthier. For me, it's actually not so much about, uh, uh, you know, trying to lose the weight as it is trying to get healthy. I just want to eat uh, good food. And uh, how many people would have got a journal for Christmas? Now, just hands up if you've got a journal for Christmas, all right? All right you will not be writing in that by February, I promise you. You will have the desire to do it, but it's... You know, it's day one, so cut yourself some slack in February when you don't actually write into that thing. I tell you what, one of the things that I think about, and to be honest, I do this every year, is I think this year I would like to grow closer to God. Hands up if you'd like to grow closer to God this year. That was a test and some of you failed. I was looking for you. If anybody didn't put your hands up and we'll pray for you at the end of the service today. Because we, to be honest, like every year I genuinely think I would like to be closer to God you know, this, this year than I was last year. And I don't know if you ever feel like you arrive. I definitely don't feel like I ever arrive, but, uh, but I want to grow closer to God. And I remember last year, <clears throat> we had a, uh, a men's breakfast and I was given the topic about how to be led by God. And I began to think about that topic and I thought, well, you know, I think being led by God is really an outcome of having intimacy with God. Does that make sense? Because how are you supposed to be led by God if you can't hear His voice? Does that make sense to you today? So I saw that being an outcome of the intimacy that we have with God. And you know, I think that, I I, I spoke this at the men's breakfast, and I think it's not just a a, a problem that men have, to be honest, I think it's a, a problem that people can often have. Uh, is that they just struggle to find that intimacy and that closeness and that relationship with God. So anyway, I'm going to do something today that I pretty much never, ever do. I shared this at the men's breakfast. I'm going to share part of that message again, and I hardly ever double up. But after I shared that at the men's breakfast, I had about five people come up to me and they said, you know the stuff that you're talking about right now? This is not a problem for men. This is a problem for people. Uh, just finding that intimacy with God. Uh, They said, multiple people said, hey, you've got to share this again. So today I'm going to share a little bit about that as well because what I truly believe is that 2017 could be the best year of your life. I believe it. It could be the best year of your life. Now, here's what that doesn't mean. It does not mean that everything is going to be perfect. Right? Yeah. 
It doesn't mean that your year will be void of problems and situations. There's no lack of circumstances that might come your way. You with me? But here's what you do get to do. You get to decide the kind of person you want to become. You get the opportunity this year to have your heart changed by God and be transformed by the inside out so that whatever knocks on your door and greets you in the morning on any day this year, you're going to be in a position to handle it. And I want to speak to you today about positioning yourself to handle it. So if you like titles, some of you do, I want to share a message with you this morning or gosh, this afternoon. Feels weird, doesn't it? Yeah. How to find the way or how to find your way. All right. So we're going to do this. We're going to pray together and then we're going to get stuck straight into it. God, thank you so much for 2016. God, we know that last year there were challenges. And even as I look out across this room today, I can see multiple people that encountered challenges in their year last year. But God, I know that you don't want us to just live in the place where we're continually living with challenges. And I believe that this year is a year for Activate Church to cross over, to cross over from where we have been to where you're going to lead us. And God, as much as I feel like that is for our church, I absolutely believe that that is for the people that are in this room today in, an, in, in their individual lives, in their own way. And I pray your richest blessing to be on them in Jesus' name, amen. amen. So I wanna share a scripture with you today. It comes out of 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse one. And this is a really uh, difficult scripture to remember. Are you ready? It took me a while to memorize this. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. That's the whole scripture. Did you know that that's an entire verse? An entire verse of scripture. It must be one of the shortest verses in the Bible. And it was written by the Apostle Paul. And he's writing to people and he's saying, you imitate me as I imitate Christ. And he's saying, you know, I'm imitating Christ. You want to be more like me, live how I live. I'm just imitating Christ and, and doing what I see him do. In 2017, decide who you want to be. Decide who you want to be. How many of us make goals about what we want to do? I think we should make goals about who we might want to become, the kind of character that we want to have. Did you know, years ago, I decided to uh, go to the gym and lift some weights. It was probably January, I don't know. And so I, I get into the gym and... Uh, I, was, I would listen, I want to listen to some music to get ready, to get me pumped up. So I would listen to some, I don't know, angry music, something like that, just to get pumped up and get ready for the gym. And it was the radio edit version, okay, so. Uh, but I'm listening to this music to get ready so I can, so I can work out, you know? And, and I'm listening to this playlist that I had downloaded. And as I'm listening to it, for about a week, Everything seemed to be going okay, but actually something interesting happened to me. I started feeling a little bit depressed, maybe a little bit down. And I noticed that my, my character, not my character, but more my outlook on life, it began to shift and it kind of began to change. And I realized something that me listening to that music for an hour in the morning and every morning was starting to do something to the way I think. It was actually transforming me. 
And another way of putting that is that it was leading me. It was leading me to how I outlook on life. It was leading me and how I make decisions, my decision-making processes. And to be honest, I think everybody's led by something, aren't they? Come on, come on, come on. Everybody is led by something. When you make decisions, there is something that's influencing the decisions that you make. Some of you might be aware of it. Some of you might not be aware of it. When you go to work, who is influencing you and leading you? It is your boss. Does that make sense? It is your boss. They're telling you what your KPIs are. They're telling you what targets you have to hit. They're giving you your work. They're setting you for you the amount of responsibility that you have. Everyone, most people have a boss. Geez, even if you're a CEO, you have a board of directors that charter the direction of the company. So really everyone has someone that starts to charter the course of their life or at least influence it in some way. I mean, think of your spouses, right? Why don't you turn to your spouse right now and say, who's in charge? (laughs) All right, if you had to ask that question, you're not in charge. That's how you know. Do you know who my boss is? My kids. Do you know why? Should I tell you? I, I, I have three kids. Only two of them play sport. And they already charter the course of my life. They dictate to me what I'm doing on a Saturday. I'm up, we've got like athletics and we have basketball and there's training and there's swimming. And, you know, I mean, there are so many things that have my kids kind of charted the course of my life. We're led by ideas, aren't we? Who's seen the movie Inception? All right. That is a brilliant movie, unless you're offended by it, in which case I did not recommend it, all right? But it's a fantastic film. And in the movie, they, the whole point of the film is they have to plant an idea in somebody's head. Ideas are planted into our heads all of the time. And those ideas begin to grow. We think about things. We're led by successes. We're led by sports. We're led by relationships. We're led by our families. But I'm a Christian and I want to be led by God. I want to be led by God. I realize something that many of you would know is that whoever has the number one spot in your life will wield the greatest amount of influence in your life. They will lead you. Whatever that thing is in that number one spot is going to lead you. Now, I don't know about you, but I need God to be number one. I need Him to be number one. I just don't trust myself. I need Him to be in the number one spot in my life. It's how I make decisions. And the truth is, is I could tell you about all the decisions that I've made in my life. I can tell you about the time when God spoke to me and and I didn't even know how to hear His voice, actually. I I was just being led by Him. And the first day that I went to church in a long, long time, and I walked in there miraculously led by the presence of God into a room where my family would be sitting. I could tell you that story. I could tell you the story about the job that I chose and how I came to choose my job. I could tell you the story about when we didn't know which school we should send our kids to. And and we prayed about it and felt like God showed up and spoke to us and told us all about that. I could tell you all the kind of stories that I've got about the decisions and how I make decisions with this church and when God speaks to me. And I could share those stories. And many of you would be couraged because you think, thank God. God, our pastor can actually hear from God. But 
you know, like, to be honest, if I was to share those stories with you and to share only those stories with you, I'm really giving you the highlight reel of my life. Because I don't live like that every day. And that's not what it's like for me every day. I'm just telling you about the times when God showed up and left no question in my mind. But can I tell you, there are so many days when I have questions in my mind. There are so many days when I'm asking God what I should do next. I could tell you so many times about the moments when I couldn't hear Him. And how do you begin to make decisions about your life when you can't hear Him? Do you know the psalmist, David, he writes this, Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? Have you ever felt like God has not spoken to you at a time when you were desperate to hear His voice because you really needed to know what to do? And you take counsel in your soul. You're asking yourself, have you ever come to a moment in your life where you're looking in the mirror and you're thinking, I don't know what to do next because I can't hear your voice, God. And I don't know what you're telling me to do. I don't know where to go to from here. And I, I discovered in my own life, I want to be transparent today, I discovered in my own life a pattern that would lead me to a place where I would start to make decisions almost on autopilot. It's like they were almost just happening for me because I couldn't listen into what God was saying. And the pattern that I discovered that led me more than anything else was busyness. Busyness was leading me. I didn't even know it. Come on. When you speak to people and you ask them, how have you been? What do they tell you? I've been, what? Everyone's busy. And do you notice that when they say it, they say it like they're a victim? Oh, well, I've been so busy. (laughs) Who's in charge of your life? You're not a victim here. I mean, you do understand that when you're busy, it's because you allowed yourself to be busy. Don't you understand that? It's almost a victim of our own busyness. Come on, I know we've got work and we've got people to see in meetings and sports. And this is what I've discovered. Life is busy and Jesus is invisible. So when I've got stuff to do, it's really easy to do the stuff I can see because Jesus is invisible. And because he's everywhere all of the time, have you ever noticed that he's pretty easy to reschedule? Maybe it's just me. I'm real busy right now, but tell you what, I'm going to get to that devotion a little bit later on today. I'm going to just bump it to tonight. After dinner, I'm definitely going to do that devotion. I can do two tomorrow. It's no problem. (laughs) Yeah. 
You see how that works out. Two becomes three. A couple of weeks later, you're like, where has my life with Jesus been? Now, you know why? Because he's, well, he's invisible, so he's easy to reschedule. Surely he will understand. I, I discovered that even as a pastor, and just listen in for a second, because I'm, I'm a pastor of a church. I mean, shouldn't it be that spending time with Jesus, that's my job, right? Well, you know what? I discovered I can be so busy. And really, I've discovered that I can appear to be something that I'm not. I can appear to be a deeply spiritual person when I'm not. All I need to do is write a great sermon on Sunday and come here and preach it, and provided that it's good enough, people are going to walk around with this idea that I'm a really spiritual person. But you know what I discovered is after a couple of years of writing messages, you can sit down and make that your work. But do you know what happens if, if I make that my work? It's that when it comes to the preaching of the word, it's emptied of its power. It's emptied of its authority. Because you know what happens on Sunday? I can say the same words, but there's an overflow that happens from relationship that, that happens on a Sunday. You can sense it. You can feel it. It's tangible. It's in the air. I could give the appearance of being spiritual. Really, all I'm doing is just writing messages to make it just in time for Sunday. And I discovered something about myself a number of years ago is that I'm predisposed to be a Martha and not a Mary. Because I like to do stuff. I need to get to work. Put me to work. Let me, I, I, I want to tick a box. I need a box that I can tick and say, I did that. I want at the end of my day, I like to get to the end of my day and say, look at all the things that I accomplished. But do you know what I discovered is that when you spend time with Jesus, there's no tick box, is there? And if there is, you're doing it wrong. I realize I can kind of cheat my way through, but who wants to do that? I don't want to live that way. I realized something, that I'm not alone. And that there are so many people that are struggling to connect with God. And they're coming to church on Sunday and binging and hoping it will be enough to sustain them throughout the week. Now, I want you to just think for a minute about how things might go for you if you were to eat one meal a week. I mean, even if it was like Sizzler, all you can eat, it's a buffet, knock yourself out, cheesy toast and everything. I'm telling you right now, it's not going to be enough to sustain you. You're going to be full on the day. You're going to be starving tomorrow. But there are so many people that can live that way spiritually. And, we, and that's why in church, like, you know, so often we say, hey, you know the disciplines. Come on. What are the disciplines? Read the Bible. I mean, this is like food for your soul. So, so, so read the Bible, read the Word of God and spend time in prayer, you know, and, and, and spend time in worship. But most commonly, I hear from people 
I can't hear God's voice. I don't know what he's saying to me. I'm spending most of my life walking around spiritually blinded. I'm coming to church every week and hoping that one day the penny will drop or it will click. And when it does, that's when everything will unfold for me. But it's not happening yet. I don't know how to connect with God. I don't know how to get close to him. People talk about loving God. How do you love someone that's invisible? How do you love someone that you can't see? How do you love someone when it feels like they're not around? And you're praying and you're hoping that he'll answer you. But it doesn't come and you're in the situation just like David. How long must I take counsel in my soul? Do you know how many men I talk to that say, I don't like reading? So many. I don't like reading. I'm distracted in prayer, so I don't do it. I mean, like I start and then I'm looking out the window. I start. Then I'm thinking about bills. And I hear this and I think to myself, how are you doing this? How are you doing this? How are you doing life? Some of you have been Christians for so much of your life and yet the idea of connecting with God feels so impossible and difficult. And how would it be if you were to just get through life and just scrape through? And I mean, no one's making plans to not hear God for the rest of their life, but I feel like for so many people, it's happening for them. And, and, and they can't hear Him. And I think about that, and my heart breaks for that. So you can do life busy, and you can be led by your schedule, but that's not really leading you to who you want to be now, is it? And who you want to be and how you're living is incompatible. So I thought, you know, today that I would run through some practical things that I think will really help you for how you might connect with God. Because if you want to imitate Paul as he imitates Christ, if you want to imitate Christ, if you want to be more like him, remember Imitation comes from intimacy. Yeah? Imitation comes from intimacy. And it turns information into revelation. Does that make sense? Because until you get that, you're reading words on a page and standing in a group of people that are having a great time And you're going to feel like you're all alone. And you're going to question the reality of your relationship with God. Imitation comes from intimacy and transforms information into revelation. Today, I want to tell you these practical tips because in 2017, listen to me, you have got to find the way that you connect with God. You need to find 
your way. You know, when I became a Christian, I remember I would stand in church and I would see these other people worshiping God. And some of them would be having the greatest time and they would have their hands up and they're worshiping and they're singing. And I would look at them and I'm just jealous because I'm looking at that and I'm saying, why can't I have that experience? Why can't I connect the way that that person is connecting? I want what they've got. I want to have that time in, in worship, but for some reason I wasn't able to connect. Why don't I feel like that? Well, you, do you remember the 11th commandment? Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's walk. You need to find your way. Do you believe me? Say, I need to find my way. I need to find my way. You need to find the way that you connect best with God. So there is a book that was released by Gary Thomas, who wrote the Love Languages, and it's called Sacred Pathways. And in that book, he describes a number of different ways that people connect with God. And this is what I shared at the men's breakfast, and I'm hoping that this is going to be so helpful for you. See, depending on what kind of person you are, you get to connect with God in a different way. See, for example, if we could go to our first slide. If you are relational, if you are a relational person, can I tell you the truth about spending time with God is that solitude will be a killer for you. <laughs> you're going to feel like you're in prison. And you will do it until you feel like you've been spiritual enough, but no one knows how long that takes. So you'll be spending time with God in solitude and you're going to keep checking the clock and you're like, gosh, it's only been five minutes. It felt like a lot longer, didn't it? Because solitude is, is your killer. That's not one of the ways that you're going to connect relationally with God. Hey, can I tell you something? Don't beat yourself up if you can't spend hours with God. Because you know what I've discovered is that there are so many people on planet Earth who think what being spiritual is, is spending time alone, solitude in the, the closet, the prayer closet, and just alone for hours with God, emerging spiritual until the world gets enough of that off you, and then back into the cupboard, emerging spiritual, like as if it's somewhere found in there. And the thing is, it's so painful to get because it takes hours. Yeah. And then you know what happens? You make a link in your mind and you, you make the jump to this. To become a spiritual person, I need to spend hours with God by myself. So you say, I don't really like doing that. And then you don't do it. Because you think that the only way to be a spiritual person is hours of solitude, and it's just all by yourself. And I'm not saying that, you, I mean, you should do that, but it, genuinely, if you want to be really spiritually alive, well, try this, come to a prayer meeting. We have them. And you're welcome. You could come to a prayer meeting. 
Because if you're a highly relational person, you'll probably get energized by being around other people and listening to their prayers. You're gonna love what they have to say. We have multiple prayer meetings during the week. If you are the kind of person that's really relational and solitude is a killer for you, come to a prayer meeting. See how that goes for you. Come to church. That is a great idea. We do it every week. You can come to church and be around people and listen to preaching and listen to worship and listen to those things. Do a Bible study with people. Join a small group and study the Bible together. That's going to be great for you. And oftentimes I find if you're a sanguine leader, you're going to love this. Because if you're a sanguine leader, you love being around people, you love connecting with people, and you love the energy that you get off people. So if you're a relational person, try that. If you're an intellectual person, if you connect with the word intellectually, you don't want stories. You're like, give me theology. Please use the word propitiation. I love it. It makes me feel spiritual. We can use those words if you like. To be honest, I think it's great to use those words, but you know what I really think about in church is that I want the average Joe to come into church and to understand what we say. Sometimes we use the word and sometimes we don't use the word, but the idea is that someone walks out feeling closer and connected to God. How bad would it be if someone walked out from church and say, I don't know what just happened. I can't get that time back. You know, I want people to understand it. You come to church and what do we do? What do I do? I tell you stories about my kids. Because I want people to connect the reality of Scripture with real life. But if you really connect intellectually, sometimes you've got to listen in to really what's being said. If you're a person that connects intellectually, go read a book. No, like seriously, read a book. If that's how you connect, get a book, read it, get a Bible, get a commentary, buy it, invest into it, read a study Bible. They're thick. You'll feel so spiritual just holding it. You'll love it. Bring it to church. Everyone will think you're spiritual too, you know? Start using big words. It'll be awesome, you know? But, but get a study Bible. Genuinely read it. Read regularly. Read often. Engage your mind. What did the Bible say? It says, love God with all of your mind. So love Him with your mind. Engage it however you can. It's your pathway and relationship to God. All right, number three, serving. Do you know what's so interesting to me? Is that so, particularly for men, so many men can feel connected to God when they're doing something. It's like, we just need to put a tool in your hand so that you can do something. But then oftentimes I find that so many men are busy because you work during the week, but you could be missing out on one of the greatest ways that you connect with God. You might discover that actually serving or doing something, and it doesn't have to be a church on Sunday, but doing something is where you get filled up. And instead of feeling tired and run down, it's the very thing that charges you. You're a doer. Great. Don't apologize for that. You love serving God with all of your heart. You love serving Him with all of your talents. Do you know what will be a killer for you? Hours of endless prayer. You want to do something. You're like, let me at it. You'll be in a prayer meeting and you'll be thinking, gosh, when does this thing finish? Don't pretend like you haven't had that thought. You're going to listen to people praying and you're going to say, couldn't you say that with like less words? 
Why'd you have to say all that other stuff? Just get to the point. Some of you just say, hey, let's get to the point and then let's get out there and do something. You know, if that's you, you're, you could be a missions-orientated person. It might not just be about serving on Sunday. For you, you know what it could be? It could be doing missions. It could be getting involved in the church in, in, in a different way, or it could be joining a team. By the way, can we do something? Let's not turn serving into a works theology. Because, you know, that's what people will do sometimes. They say, oh, are you turning it into works? No, 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 no. If you get your affirmation from serving, well, you've got a problem. If your identity is in what you do, well, okay, you, you, you've got a problem. But if your heart is, I just want to do something for God, can we not call that works? Can we just say that one of the best ways that you connect with God is by going on mission and doing something for Him? I love that. I love that. Always have. All right, next one. Number four contemplative if you are a, all right how many contemplative people do we have here all right it's a couple of people contemplative some of you are contemplative but you're still thinking about what i said so <laughs> it's fine don't worry about it if you're contemplative go camping and bring your bible and get a spotify account and if you have no idea what Spotify is, you probably still have a Discman and just buy a CD and listen to that. But if you know what Spotify is, then get an account and start downloading some music and listen to it and invest into it because it's where you're going to get charged up. It's so helpful for you. I have a spot down, in, down at Warrandyte. You know the bakery? In Warrandyte, some of you don't know, and it just overlooks the river, and I could sit there for such a long time. I just love sitting there. People, people might drain you if you're contemplative. You need to get to that place of solitude because that's what actually charges you up. Okay, great. So that's the thing that charges you up. Think deeply, but don't overthink. Because I found maybe contemplative people can sometimes overthink things, get suspicious because you replay conversations in your head and end up arguing with someone in the shower that doesn't exist. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I've done that. So... <clears throat> I was thinking about the contemplative people that I, I know in my life when I was writing this message and I, and I walked out from my office and I found Stuart Yates sitting on the ground in the middle of the ground with music playing and he was just staring into nothing. <laughs> and I walked out and I just burst out laughing. I said, I was just writing about you. He said, what? And then I discovered that that wasn't really him being contemplative he had been on hold for an hour with Telstra just trying to solve a problem he was just zoned out probably imagining what they were meant to be doing for him I don't know maybe you're a contemplative person maybe you're an activist I think I might be an activist you love being exhausted you want to work your butt off 
You want to leave it all out there on the field. You probably love roller coasters. You want to go. You want to do your love challenges. You're about causes. You're about the mission. The mission at all costs. I think I might be an activist. You probably overcommit and you feel alive when you take faith risks. I love it. You love it. That's when you feel alive. It's when you do something for God. Is that how you connect? Maybe it's creation. Go camping again. If creation is how you connect, go for a walk. Put your iPod in. Listen to music. Walk around. Go to the ocean. Hug a tree. I don't care. I knew a guy that did that. This story has no value, but when I was in America, I met a man named Yodge. Genuinely, his name was Yodge. It's joy spelt backwards, so you know. And he would be on the snowfield skiing around, and when he didn't know I was watching him, he hugged trees. <laughs> he would have conversations with them. I think if you go there, it's too far. Don't do that. But, but if creation is where you connect, go to the beach. I love the beach. I feel like in that space, everything can just sort of start to dissipate. I feel like I get a big picture of how great God is. I see the expanse of the oceans and I love it. I love being in creation. If that's you, read your Bible outdoors. Get involved in creation. You'll love it. Worship. Finally, maybe you're a person that connects during worship. You just love just listening to worship. You're always early to church because you don't want to miss out on the worship because the worship is where you connect with God. By the way, a word of warning to all of the people that connect with God through worship. Does anybody brave enough to say, I connect with God through worship? That's me. I connect with God through worship. Please be careful when you're driving. <laughs> you are the kind of people that endanger the rest of us. You're so caught up in what is happening spiritually, you're just running red lights. Have you ever driven the car and got home and we realized, I don't know what just happened for the last 20 minutes. All right, you're the people I'm talking to, okay? So please think about the rest of us because we value our lives. You know, I thought, I thought my car was actually very soundproof. So oftentimes I'll be driving the car and I'm just listening to worship music. And many of you would know my hidden talent for, for, for singing. So, so then it's very hidden even to me. And, and so I'm singing the car and I'm worshiping. I thought my car contained the sound. Until one day I got out of my car and I closed the door and I saw the music playing. I realized it wasn't that loud. I thought, People have been listening to me for a long time now. I'm stopping at the lights. They're just getting a dose of what I'm giving, all right? It's not always good, but I love connecting with God through worship. You ever feel like you're in worship and I don't know why, it's just, you start to tear up. I do. Feel the presence of God. I feel Him on me. There's something about that. I just can't get anywhere else. Maybe you're one of these things. Maybe you're some of them, maybe all of them. Maybe you connect in multiple ways. But you know what my point is really today is find your way to connect with God. Find your way to connect with God because you want to become more like Christ. Isn't, isn't that what we're really doing here? Come on. 
Why do we come here? I hope none of you are here for religious reasons because you feel like you have to be. This is church. Come on. I don't want anyone to feel like that. Aren't we really here to grow into who Christ made us to be? Aren't we really here to become what He's created us to be? Don't we want to have our character formed more like what Christ's is? I mean, if that's really what we're doing here, then you need to find a way to connect, not just here, but out from here, because you want to imitate Him. And imitation comes from intimacy, and it turns revelation or information into revelation, doesn't it? stand together. We trust you enjoyed this week's message. For any more information about Activate Church, check out our website www.activatechurch.com or download our app online and have a great week.